0: I'm McKinney Smith in 2009 while going through a divorce I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship in 2012 I lost my sister and asked myself What legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Legacy Leavers, thank you for joining us on the Awaken My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show in the world where we have conversations with extraordinary women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to own their voice to create impact, prosperity, and legacy. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding. But I'm more interested in her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Blake Carter. She's a radio host. She was the host on the morning show, Blake Carter with Peter Cash on 93.5 The Move for five years. She also co-hosted on Kiss 92.5. She was also a host on 104.5 Chum FM and so much more. So please welcome to the show, Blake Carter. Hi, thank
1: you for having me.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your story with us.
1: Of course. I Obviously, being a radio host, I love to talk. So <laughs> and, and usually I'm talking about other people, but I can also talk about myself as well. So that's okay.
0: I love it. I love it. You know, before we started recording, you were saying, you know, you're usually on the other side. You're usually the one doing the interview. So I can only imagine how it must feel to be on the flip side today.
1: Yeah, like obviously, I've done a lot of interviews for my job, and I still always get nervous for them. But I didn't realize I would get nervous to be interviewed. (laughs) <laughs> to talk right now was like okay I'm a little like anxious good good nerves excited nerves but yes. definitely different not being in the position where you're the host kind of controlling the conversation you know yep yep well, the shoe was on the other foot <laughs> yeah <laughs> but well, at the same time I get to sit back and relax and just answer questions so that's great
0: exactly I was just about to say it'll be easier on your end <laughs> Okay, so I want to jump straight into your story, your journey, I want to talk about how you got to where you are presently. But before we do that, as an icebreaker question, I just want to know, like, what did you want to be as a little girl? Because, you know, sometimes society shapes who we become, or even the route that we choose to take based on us, you know, going into the route that either our parents wanted us to go on, or, um, you know, a family member or whatever, a partner. But as kids, we have these vivid imaginations and we always talk about, I want to be an astronaut or I want to be this. Uh, we yes. don't think so big and we fantasize and then the world starts to slowly limit us and chip away at our self-esteem and deter <laughs> the route that we definitely wanted to go on. So I would love to know, what did you want to be as
1: a little girl? Well, I first wanted to be a cartoon and I was devastated to find out that cartoons weren't real <laughs> and that that was not going to happen for me. I so it. I had my dreams crushed pretty young. Uh, and so from there, I understood, okay, so now I can actually be an actress if I want to. So I, if you knew me when you were younger, um, and if you like my high school grad book, everything, I was going to be an actress, like that's what I was going to do. Um, I liked to perform, I took dance a lot, I took theater, I took acting classes. And that's exactly where I thought I was going to end up acting in movies and TV shows, something like that.
0: Okay, so how did you even get into radio? Tell us, like... Radio
1: came up totally by fluke. So after I graduated high school, I was kind of, I was taking acting classes and stuff, and I got an agent, and I was doing some auditions, but I wasn't too serious about it. I had also just discovered partying, because I didn't party too much in high school, like I did go out and stuff like a bit, like I went out, of course, but not to the extent of when I, you know, got out of high school, turned 19 and started clubbing and going out. So I was kind of at a point where I feel like looking back now, I was a little lost, wasn't too sure, was enjoying myself maybe a little too much, not really like buckling down and figuring out what I wanted to do. Obviously, my parents just wanted me to get, because to them, it was, you know, you go to school and there's a list of jobs. You become a doctor, you become a secretary, you become, you know those Mm -hmm. kind of jobs they obviously weren't too thrilled about the acting thing but they were they were still supportive but they would prefer if I went you know and took something else Mm -hmm. so I was kind of kind of just screwing around partying working random jobs like I waitress I worked at a gym I worked in a motorcycle helmet company like I was doing all sorts of random things and one night while out at a hip-hop club I met this girl and we just bonded instantly I was Dating this weird guy, and it was one of his friends. And we met and we just fell in love. And she was working at a radio station and she was leaving, she was the receptionist there, and she was leaving the reception job to do a promotions job. And she said to me, She's like, I don't know what you're doing right now, but you'd be great at this reception job. And I think you like working at the radio station. And I was like, That's so cool. Who wouldn't want to work in a radio station? And I thought, Okay. And it's downtown Vancouver because I'm from BC and I lived outside of the city in Surrey. So say like Mississauga to Toronto I guess Mm -hmm. and um, I was like oh cool then I can be downtown and I can go to auditions not thinking because this was my mentality at the time you work nine to five auditions are usually during the day so there was no way I could work reception and also go to Mm auditions so I didn't really think that part through but I took the job um, loved it working at the radio station was so much fun and I just kind of at the time still, I wasn't thinking I want to be on the radio. I was just, I need a full-time job. This job pays decently well. And it's really cool. I'm working at like one of the coolest stations in Vancouver, the number one uh, pop station in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was just doing my thing there, just meeting people. And I had so many cool perks, like being the receptionist, being the front of house, you're meeting everyone that comes through the door. So all the the record label, rec- like um, the reps that would come in, I became friends with them. They were always, they would come in to meet the radio hosts and they would bring them like an envelope full of new CDs, like all the newest music. And they used to give me my own envelope as well. And my friend who used to be the receptionist was super jealous because she's like, I never got this stuff. And I'm like, well, I just talk to everybody. And so from there, I just, I didn't realize at the time that I was networking. Cause Mm. I just was thinking I was just being friendly and talking to people when they came in and getting to know people. And so I started to become friends with like the sales staff and the on-air staff. And I started to voice some commercials for them. One of the producers liked my voice and started using me for spots as much as he could. And then how I actually ended up on the radio was super random. Um, It was all because of this, this really hot Canada post worker. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I just, I don't know if you remember when you're growing up, like you don't normally like, I know I've seen a lot of very, very good looking Canada post workers now, but when I was younger, they just seemed like, you know, like older, (laughs) not, yeah. Right. So this guy came in and he was gorgeous, but he was angry. Like he just, I don't know what was wrong with him, like chip on his shoulder and he kind of come in and like throw the mail down. And I was like, Oh, okay then. So I was kind of telling another girl at work about this guy and I made a couple inappropriate comments to my friend and the morning show host, his name was Kit Carson, he happened to be kind of standing by my desk and overheard the conversation and he slinked off, didn't really say anything to me and the next morning while I'm at work, I get a phone call and I'd never even seen this line light up before. It was the on-air line calling the front desk Mm -hmm. and so I pick up and they're like, you're on air, don't swear, don't say anything bad and I'm like, okay, okay. And so they started asking me about the postal worker and, I, and they, they're like, can you make it radio appropriate and share what you said? So I did. And after like we joked around and talked about that, someone from Canada Post called the station and were like, we know who your receptionist is because he talks about her too. Ooh. So then they... Turned it into like a whole radio bit. And it was now like I learned how kind of things go behind the scenes. Like I was in a relationship. So was he. So there was nothing really happening. But they spun it into this whole like week long soap opera of the receptionist <laughs> and the hot Canada post worker. And that's how I got like my first taste of being on the radio. And keep in mind, I never even went in the studio. This is just all over the phone right. at my front desk. So oh, then wow. from there, I kind of became like a character on their show. And so whenever they needed, I was, I think I was probably like the youngest person in the office at the time. And I was going out and dating and partying and stuff. So they would use me for different things on the show. And then the program director kept hearing me as like a character. And one day just kind of came up to me and said, um, Hey, what what do you think about Saskatoon? And I'm like, what? Saskatoon? I had no clue what he was talking about. So I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, what do you do there? Tip cows? Like just totally (laughs) ignorant, had no clue about anything outside of my own little bubble. And so he, he just looks at me and he goes, okay. And he walks away. It was the strangest thing. And my producer friend was like, you idiot, Blake. He's leaving this station. Obviously he couldn't talk about it because it was like the biggest station in Vancouver. He was leaving to go back to Saskatchewan and launch a brand new station because that's where he's mm. from and that's where he wanted to raise his kids. So he was asking me, basically trying to feel me out to see if I would move. So as soon as I heard that, I was like, are you kidding me? I love and I'll tip all the cows. I don't <laughs> care. What do you need me to do? So yeah, that was really how I got my start. Like a random meeting with a, a girl that is now one of my absolute best friends got me a reception job. I just Talked my ass off all the time to anyone who wanted to listen and from there got like a little bit on the radio. A boss heard me and then I was offered this incredible opportunity to pick up and at 22 I moved to Saskatchewan with no radio experience. I never went to school. I'd never touched a board like the radio board. Nothing. I just picked up and left and kind of figured it out from there.
0: Okay, so nothing happens by chance. (laughs) So I'm listening to your story and I'm hearing... (laughs) All of these opportunities that opened up for you that you didn't even realize were in your face at the moment, right? <laughs> no, not at all.
1: No clue. I was so oblivious to it.
0: So okay, I was so- kind of
1: just going with the flow and just like seeing what was going to happen in the back of my mind, still thinking I'll be an actress. But right. then this happened and it was really like, what else are you doing right now, girl? Like, this is a huge opportunity that you are being handed. And like, obviously I had to prove myself and work really hard, but like this was like a once in a lifetime opportunity to go from being a receptionist to co-hosting a morning show on a brand new station in Saskatchewan
0: right and then you end up in Toronto hosting a morning show on the biggest market in Canada
1: yeah (laughs) which is just it's still wild to me like trust me it is still wild so I went from Saskatoon and I was there for two years and then I went to Calgary and I think I was in Calgary just over a year and then I came to Toronto um and was doing evenings on chum and then i went over to kiss and did a drive show with adam wild there and then i came to flow which changed to the move for a little bit and then went back to flow uh with peter cash for like the last five or six years so that's how radio kind of is though there's a lot of movement there's a lot of turnaround um you tend to kind of change stations and move around quite a bit so yeah i've done a little bit of the tour of the radio stations across canada
0: Yeah, well, you did a tour of the radio station, but you got to also like live in different parts
1: of Canada as well, right? Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Because before that, I never really outside of like Vancouver, I didn't I I would take vacations and go, you know, visit family and stuff like that. But I never really thought to travel within our own country. So that was pretty cool. Like Saskatoon, the week I showed up there, it was minus 52. So that was hell. Like, my first impression, getting off the plane with, like, my two suitcases, everything I own, not knowing what to expect was crazy. But uh, I have to say, the absolute best people live in Saskatoon. Like, wow. they will do anything for you. The kind of people that, oh, you're new? You just got here? Do you need help moving? Do you want to sleep over? Like, do you need a place to stay? I've got a spare room. Do you want to borrow my truck to move? Just the sweetest, friendliest people. And I've made some of the bestest friends ever in Saskatoon and in Calgary as well.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. So there's so many gems in your story that I want to unpack. Like, one, (laughs) you end up hosting radio shows all across Canada, being able to travel and live in different parts of Canada. But then you saying yes to the opportunity of even being on air as, you know, this character who, and then hosting shows with zero radio experience. So, what I want to pick out of that is that. Many times people will do discovery calls with me for coaching for business and stuff and say, well, oh, well, I can't do this because I need to go back to school for 10 years, um, you know, to understand this. And I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) So there's so many different routes of doing things and hearing your route of just being open to the opportunities, uh, first of all, and then working your butt off, (laughs) but being able to move from different stations and have the experience to host different shows without zero, you know, post-secondary experience with being on radio.
1: Yeah. And it, it was terrifying. Trust me. It was absolutely terrifying, but I am a huge believer in we can do anything. Yeah, We can do absolutely anything. You just need to say yes to it, open your mind to it, and then humble yourself to learn from other people who know what they're doing. I wasn't yeah. the expert. I didn't know what I was doing. So I truly, like with my first gig, I let Mark Michaels, the host, like I listened to him. I learned from him. I let him lead. You know, I didn't get my backup. Like I want more talk time. I want this because I was truly learning in that position. And I had, again, no experience, no idea what to expect. So what we would do before our show, um, Mark, uh, his brother is Mad Dog Michaels, who's a radio host here in Toronto. And we would, so because of the time difference, we would listen to his show because he used to be on a show here, Mad Dog and Billy. And I would listen to them. And I would listen to Billy's entertainment report. And so that's how I even learned how to do because like one of the, the things that I've taken with me to all my show is I do a segment called Blake's Take, which is just entertainment news, basically celebrity gossip, that kind of stuff. I'd never done it before. So I would listen to this other woman, who I thought was just incredible, and kind of like I didn't just like rip off her stories or anything, but I was like, okay, so if she's going to talk about this today, then this is clearly one of the more important celebrity stories. And, and so I just tried to like learn from her. And then I would try to listen to other radio shows. Cause before this, again, I wasn't, most people get into radio and they are obsessed with radio. They listen to every radio station. They know all the names. And in the beginning, like I felt like such an imposter. I'd be sitting there mm. in the room with my radio friends and they'd be naming people and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Yeah, I definitely know him. Okay, cool. And I had no idea. So I really had to just, like, learn. And I guess maybe that's where, like, the acting part of me kind of came out was I was, like, pretending at first to be a radio host. Mm -hmm. This was my role and this is what I'm going to do. And it took me a really long time, years. It's only been recently that I was like, no, actually, I am a radio host and I know what I'm doing. And I'm good at it. It took a long time because I definitely... Especially coming in without experience, without the education to kind of back me up, I felt definite like uh the imposter syndrome. Like people Absolutely. are gonna figure me out, they're gonna know I'm acting, they're gonna know I'm faking it. So that took a while to overcome.
0: I mean, two two major things that I, I heard from that part of your story is one is belief and two, humility. Like nothing is impossible, right? So when we allow our minds to roam and imagine our imagination basically takes us to where we want to be. So you believed in this thing and manifested that because if you didn't believe that it was possible for you, you would have, I'm going to say, energetically closed doors to certain opportunities. Yeah. But then you were also very humble in understanding that you don't know everything and you needed to learn from people and be mentored and even to study other people that are doing it like i strongly believe in you know mentorship and coaching but also look at who's doing it the best and how can you emulate certain things so you you know like you said um it's not ripping off because you're not copying that person but why try to reinvent the wheel? Something is working, right? Exactly. <laughs> so you can learn from the people that are doing it best. Like I, I can honestly admit, even with podcasting, I'm obsessed with with podcasts. and I listen. I think I've listened to every single episode of um, Jay Shetty's On Purpose podcast. And a lot of things that he does within his show, I have emulated or recreated uh, my own version to make this show better because I knew nothing about podcasting when I started. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well, and
1: that's how we all learn, like whether it's your fashion or what, it's it's watching other people and being inspired and yes. taking from that and learning a little bit and and not to like discredit um, post-secondary and everything, but we're at such a cool place in the world right now with social media and technology. You can learn everything you need to know online now. Yep. You can teach yourself. You can truly watch other people. <laughs> Yeah. It's, and so just take advantage of that. You just have to be willing and open to learn and to listen to somebody else and to realize you don't know everything.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I Yeah. When I first started podcasting, one, I hated the sound of my own voice and didn't even watch other interviews that I was on, on other people's um platforms. So I was like, oh, now I got to listen to my own voice. I got to, you know, do all this stuff. But I Googled the heck out of everything and it was trial and error until things started to work and it was taking feedback not yeah, just yeah. from the guests but from the listeners to what needed to be tweaked. And in my opinion, like I was shocked like uh, I was about to cuss. I was shocked as heck when I <laughs> <laughs> when I uh, discovered that the show ranked uh so high out of almost two point eight million podcasts. I was like, how is that possible? Like I didn't know what I'm I was not doing. <laughs> But but it it was the consistency. It was the humility and learning. Um, you know, there's so many different things. But to the point of your story, like nothing is impossible. You don't have to go the traditional route. You know, you stay consistent, you persevere, you keep going, you keep learning and you explore.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and I feel you want to hear in your own voice. That was definitely difficult for, and I think all radio people will, will speak to this too. We, um, you have meetings after your show usually, and they do a thing called an air check and your boss basically pulls audio and you, you, you never know if they're pulling it to, to be like, this was great, or now I'm going to rip you apart. But <laughs> that's like the most cringiest part of your meetings. Cause you have to sit there and listen to your breaks that you've done and you can hear, and that's how you learn. And at first I would kind of tune it out because I didn't want to hear my voice
0: and mm-hmm. I would just take
1: the feedback from my boss. But then I started to learn. No, I have to listen. I have to hear where I was tripping up, or not explaining properly, or not getting to the point. And that's how you get better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: absolutely. So you, you have to be uncomfortable. You have to take the advice from other people, and then you grow from there.
0: Absolutely, and and that's just it. I think not everyone is as open to the constructive criticism, and they don't see how beneficial that is to improving who you are. They think that the second someone is critiquing something that you do, that it's completely negative or they don't want to take in that information. You know, some people are hard headed and think that they are the greatest, but yeah. we can always <laughs> improve, right? We can always
1: yeah, improve. Yeah, and, and it's hard at first. It's hard to hear someone tell you, like, that was terrible. Why did you say that? Why did you go down that road? What What happened there? But yeah. you need it to get better. In any medium, in any job you work, you, you need to have... Somebody mentor you or give you some advice, or some you need to be able to take that critique without completely falling apart. Yeah, wow, but it's okay. not well, easy though. There are days where it's definitely not easy. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, what
0: advice would you give to a woman that's listening right now that is afraid to own her own voice?
1: Probably talk about it with other women, I think. Mm-hmm we as women are so scared to like voice our fears, like maybe with our couple best friends, we might, but maybe talk to some women in the industry that you want to be in. And you'll be so shocked to hear that they have the same fears as you. And maybe not even the same industry. You can talk like we're talking now, we have some of the same fears, you know, and I think it's just get it out, speak it out loud, say it to somebody, release it and then move on from it or get advice of how to overcome it. But just share it with somebody. Like if you just sit, and spin it in your own head all the time, you know, and that's why people go to therapy or why people have mindset coaches or why they, you know, because you need to share it with somebody else Mm -hmm. and maybe you're not ready to fully launch your own podcast or become a radio host yet, but start by maybe reaching out to a radio host you admire or an influencer or somebody and just starting a conversation with them and ask them Mm -hmm. how they overcame some of their fears. Yeah. I I love it. I love that advice. What... (laughs) what inspires you the most about what you do? Probably the interaction with listeners. Um, and that's probably what I'm missing the most right now. Cause I, sorry, I should have mentioned too, cause radio is, it has not been all like, definitely has not been all sunshine <laughs> and easy. I got let go from chum. I was down and out for a while. And then I thankfully got picked up at kiss. Um, and then I just lost my job at flow recently. They flipped the whole station and they let go of all of us. So, Um, something I'm really struggling with and missing is my interaction with listeners. Like that's what would get me excited. That's what would motivate me. It doesn't matter what kind of mood I would come in. If I showed up to the show in the morning in a bad mood, I have to fix it real quick because my job is to make you feel good when you wake up and start listening. You don't want to jump on air and hear somebody who's miserable. Although I tried to be authentic and if I was having a bad day, I would share that. But what really Mm -hmm. would motivate me is I would get on air and share something and then whether someone would text or call in or send me a direct message and say, you know, I was in the exact same situation or that really resonated with me or that motivated me or, you know, shared their experience and yeah. just becoming like closer to people and realizing like we are all so alike. And I just, I love the intro. Cause like back when I first started in radio, I think really there was only really Facebook, but now with like all the different mediums and there was no text systems and stuff like that, we can really get, close to the people that are listening to our show and I don't even like call people listeners like they become friends so that's yes. what would motivate me when I get a message from somebody that was like I heard this or I heard you talk about this that embarrassing thing has happened to me too I, I love that I live for that
0: so there's too many okay I have too many things that I heard in there my brain is trying to process <laughs> Sorry, I go just, on. Like, no no don't apologize it, it I just want to imp- unpack some of what you just said So one, you said, you know, when you come in in the morning, even if you've had a rough day, you're able to switch your vibrations because, you know, you have to motivate people. You're still being authentic. And the reason I want to unpack this is because I've heard this way too many times. If someone is in a bad mood and they allow themselves to stay there and it rolls in from, you know, one bad moment ends up being a bad day and that bad day ends up being a bad week, that bad week ends up being a bad month, et cetera, right? And we have the power to control our mood. It's what we choose to do in the moment. We, we still have the ability and we still should process our feelings and allow them to process, but we can choose the vibration that we're on. So if you had a bad day or a rough moment and you have to come into work and it's your job to be on air and inspire and uplift others, in that moment, you have chosen to raise your vibration. And in doing so, you created connection because now you're opening up. And then you said people, you know, calling in and, and that interaction, because as, as humans, we're we're built for connection and having um yeah. you know that the community, that that safe space where we can one, be transparent about our struggles so that we're not going through it alone, um, but being able to have that ability for social proofing. Um you know, so we don't feel isolated in our our problems. So I heard so many amazing things in what you just said with that, with the, you know, the power of raising your vibration and then now opening up to connectivity so that you're not dealing with those things alone. And the reason why you don't call them listeners is because they do become your friends. Like, I feel like the people who are in my DMs regularly And I've never met them in my entire life. They support me and (laughs) feel like they know me more than, you know, some of the people who I may see on a regular basis because of that connection.
1: Totally. Right. I have made like real friendships and connections with people and it's incredible. And, And it took me a really long time to realize that like we control our mindset and our energy and our moods and it is a choice. And cause for a long time I was like, My thing was I'm very sarcastic. I can be, I'm kind of like the grumpy, I'm a grumpy cat as a human. Like that was my shtick. And after a while I'm like, no. I don't need to just be miserable and grumpy all the time. Like I can get mm-hmm. out of that. And so in the mornings or afternoons, whenever I'm working, like I have two choices to come in and switch up my vibration and try to like bring good energy. Cause like, I know I need a little extra. So I know when I put it out there, I'm going to get more from people listening or I'd come in and I can just level with people and be like, I had a really awful night. I was at the emergency vet all night with my dog again, or this or that. And like I said earlier about, reaching out and telling somebody what you're struggling with. I don't think there's ever been a time that I've gone on the mic and said, what's going on in my personal life from something serious about, you know, my mother recently going through breast cancer or my dog passing or this or that, or something crazy. (laughs) When I used my brother-in-law's toothbrush, that was a big thing on our show um, (laughs) that people couldn't relate to. I've never, ever said something on the radio, on my mic, that someone else hasn't been like, that has happened to me too. Let me share my story with you.
0: Yes. I love it that like that'll probably be the clip that I use for this <laughs> to promote this episode because our stories are so freaking important and we don't realize that how sharing no. connects us with others and allows us to feel validated in our own experiences but it also allows others to not feel like crap
1: about theirs like right and that that to me like people wouldn't understand. I'm like, you're helping me too. When you call in and you share yes. your story, you are like making me feel excited too, or making me not feel as bad. And now let's just laugh about it. Let's release it. Okay. That, that crappy thing happened or that terrible thing. But you know, now we've had a moment now we've shared it. And then you find new support groups of people that have gone through yes. what you're going through. I had a young girl yes. message me and tell me shortly after I share, cause we had my mom on the show. She used to come on once a week. She's She's a trip. My mom's hilarious. Um, (laughs) She's hilarious for radio. In real life, sometimes it could be intense. But um, (laughs) she recently went through uh, breast cancer. And sharing that on the show, I had like a teenage girl message me and just say, like, she just found out her mom was going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it was like, nice to hear me talk about it on the show and kind of normalize it. But you know, just have a conversation where it wasn't just all doom and gloom and crying. And, and, you know, and so I kind of kept in touch now with this girl. And so that's what, like, that's why I love what I do.
0: Mm-hmm. Like you being able Those to express moments. what you're going through helps you to process it rather than suppress it and become depressed.
1: Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what I've been doing all these years. Yeah, Listen, I, definitely. I'm listening to you right now. I'm like, girl, I'm using everybody <laughs> as my little therapist. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> I have said openly on the show a million times, I do this for me. This is therapy for me. <laughs> it it I mean, really is, though. It is. It is. It, it so is. Like, I, and one thing I want to say to you, like, I don't know if you've thought about the possibility and if you choose to work in another radio station in the near future, but I do think that you should start your own podcast. You can definitely have uh, live recordings of the show so people can still call in and connect with you. And then you can just have that audio edited before you put it up on the other platforms. But I think... One for your own sanity, because I do believe that this is a form of therapy, yeah. and two for the people that want to be able to continue to connect with you. And if you are doing so, like your sh- you could choose if you want your shows to be thirty minutes, an hour, however long you want it to be. And then when you go back doing radio, you could still do both.
1: Yeah. And, and I have chills with you saying that. And I love that you suggested that for me, especially because obviously, this is what you do. And you've been very successful at it. That's like a podcast is something I've been kind of thinking about for years now. But I don't know what my block is on it. I don't know if it's fear, if it's money, if it's time, whatever it is. But that's what I've kind of been wanting to do. So speaking to you today, I was like, this is all aligned. Cause this Listen, is like, girl, what I want to start doing.
0: <laughs> because Yes. One of the trainings that I do is podcasting and I teach you how to start a podcast with zero dollars. Okay. So Yes,
1: talk. see? Exactly. That's <laughs> that's what I need. I need the zero dollar podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> but that's what's so cool right now about things like podcasts and everything. And I was I was just talking about this, this week with one of my friends because when I lost my first job in radio, and they say you're not a true radio person until you've been let go, because that's how this industry is, it was crushing to my ego. And it's obviously you're losing your job. And it's a different medium. Like if you say when I was one of a receptionist, if I lose my job, okay, maybe the people in the office know I lost my job. My family knows I lost my job. But the whole city doesn't know I lost my job. When you lose right. your job on the radio or TV or something, everybody knows. So I was devastated. And I'm like, I'm a failure. There's only so many stations in the city. What if I don't get hired again? Do I have to go home, start over, da, 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 da. That's not the case anymore. There are right. so many mediums for you to still do your craft, podcasting, uh, videos now. We've got all like Instagram, TikTok, all of this. There are so many different ways to still do what you want to do. And you don't have to just do this one thing. That's what excites me. And that's why this one now this time I've lost my job. Yes, okay, there's moments where I cry and I've been sad and I've been angry and I've gone through the emotions. But I also feel very excited. Because I'm like, what what's next now? Mm -hmm. There are so many opportunities out there if I just accept it and say yes, and you know, put aside my fears and go for it.
0: Absolutely, you need to get out of your own way. I am here rooting for you. I'm. I'd be happy to hold you accountable. There are so many opportunities within podcasting, mm-hmm. and like I said, you can start with zero dollars, and then once you start making money with it, invest into more expensive equipment. But when I started, I used all the free options that were available to me. The only thing I was paying for at the time was my hosting platform, which was like fifteen dollars a month. Um, and then you can get sponsors. Like I've had, I've had a, a, a brand pay me four figures. For one episode, so wow. I know, like I know people that pay their entire, like all their expenses off of sponsorships um, and brand deals and things like that for their podcast. So there's so many opportunities out there, and especially because you've already been in radio and your name is known, there are bigger brands that whether they want to come on as long-term sponsors to cover all of the production cost, so that you also have money in your pocket. You know, having your podcast up on YouTube, and YouTube is now paying creators to put their podcast on their platform yeah. because it brings viewers and and listeners to YouTube. So now you get paid off of your views. There's so many options, so many options. So we can definitely discuss this later. Um, okay, I would love that. Before, <laughs> but before we get carried away, I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you online.
1: Uh, you can find me. I'm most active. I have all the different social medias, but I'm most active on Instagram. And if you are on Twitter or TikTok or anything, it's at Blake's show. So I will yeah, definitely for all have, different platforms.
0: Okay. I'll have the, um, the direct links in the detailed section below the episode so they can just click and connect with you directly. They don't have to search too far. Awesome. Perfect. So uh, for the final segment of the show, it's called A Walk in Her Wisdom. It's kind of like a rapid fire, and I say kind of because I don't like <laughs> rules. <laughs> so you can choose to Thanks. answer with one word or one sentence. I may ask you to unpack. We'll see.
1: Okay. All I'm right. Excited. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. What failure has taught you the most about life?
1: Probably losing my first job in radio. Um, just that that your life's not over, and mm-hmm. your job doesn't define you. Love it. It's a huge part of who you are, but it doesn't define you.
0: Right. Uh, if you could describe yourself in one word, what would that be?
1: <laughs> one word? A, a lot? Can I make that one? <laughs> <laughs> in part. my daughter.
0: Okay, <laughs> when was the last time you cried?
1: Oh, gosh. Right before this? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably two days ago. <laughs> okay. Um, just, just I needed to. It. I was good things, bad things, stress accumulation, and I just needed to. I'm like one of those people that I can go months, maybe a year, not a single tear. But then when mm-hmm. I start letting it come, it comes. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe a couple days ago.
0: Okay. Okay. What's the first thing you do in the morning and the last thing you do at night?
1: Um, the first thing I do in the morning, which is I know the number one thing any <laughs> like healthy, productive person does is I look at my phone. And I know you're not <laughs> supposed to do that. Like they say, don't look at your phone, you know, do your affirmations, do your stretching, have your warm water and lemon. But no, I pick up, well, I go pee because I, I pee like an elderly pregnant person. And mm-hmm. then I check my phone. <laughs> my morning routine. But no, okay, wait, sorry. Recently, I have been trying to, before I look at my phone, just try to like set my mind for the day. Um, thank God that I'm waking up and that I have a roof over my head and my family is okay. So I try to just go through my head and tell myself, and because I'm really working on changing my mindset, today is going to be a great day, the things I want to come through. And then I grab my phone and get on Instagram and laugh at me.
0: <laughs> okay. So what's the last thing you do at night?
1: Oh, at night. Um same thing <laughs> 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 Look, um, after I've like watched whichever show I want to watch. Um, I used to do a lot of reading, not so much anymore, but I, I definitely get on my phone and then force myself to put it aside and do my prayers and just try to also like manifest what I want for my future. Like I start to like fantasize and like envision my future self and hopefully like near future, like what's going to happen. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. When was the last time you apologized to someone else?
1: (laughs) Okay. All the time. I I have an issue. I say sorry for everything. I apologize too much, like too often all the time. That's one thing I've never had a problem with. I will always, I can't like, I have a lot of faults, but admitting I'm wrong and apologizing is not one of them.
0: Love it. Okay. What new belief behavior or habit has improved your life in the last five years?
1: the mindset stuff I don't know truly what clicked for me what happened I don't know if it was therapy if it was the friends I chose to surround myself with I don't know if it's getting more in touch with my spiritual side I'm not sure what it is but changing my mindset and realizing like you said it's a choice how -hmm. you're going to show up how you're going to feel for that day so waking up in the morning thanking God that I'm here and telling myself despite you know Cause like right at current time, I'm waking up and going, Oh, I don't have, a- yes, I do other side gigs. I do voice work. I do this, I do that, but I don't have my main gig anymore, but I could wake up and choose every morning to be miserable and cry and, you know, poor me, but I'm not doing that anymore. So mm-hmm. changing my mindset, making that choice to say, okay, today's going to be a great day. And then when bad things happen, allowing myself, okay, you know what? I'm going to be, I'm allowing myself to feel sorry for myself today. I can, Mm -hmm. or for a few hours or for whatever it is, but then I'm going to pick it back up and go back at it tomorrow or after I take this nap or something, but changing my mindset and the way, and the, also the self-talk, like I also, sorry, I'm spiraling on this question, but for most of my life was very negative towards myself and, um, from body image issues to just my anxieties and this and that. And I was always cutting myself down. Always. I can't even believe the way I used to speak to myself in my head. Like it's Mm -hmm. actually disgusting and learning like how powerful your thoughts and your words are. And no, I would never cut myself down like that anymore. Mm -hmm. Even just joking. Like me and my girlfriends are very used to love like joking about this and our weight and that. And like, I do not speak like that to myself anymore. That has been Mm -hmm. a huge thing for me.
0: I love that. I love that what 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 do you wish women would do more of
1: be like unapologetic although I just said all I do is apologize for who they are <laughs> and what they do and and that's the thing like my whole life I talk a lot my mom used to joke and call me motor mouth I was always like just like I talk so fast and now that talking is my career
0: mm-hmm. so
1: something that was kind of you know got me in trouble in class you know, I was always the one that kept all the kids up at sleepovers. Like nobody wanted me to come sleepover because I would talk all night, <laughs> keep all the kids up. But now that's what made me me. That's part of me. So just be unapologetic for that thing. Your weird quirk. Maybe it's not weird. Maybe it's super cool. But yeah, just dive more into that and and like don't apologize for it. That's you and that's incredible.
0: Love it. Have you ever wanted to share something um publicly that you weren't able to share on air like is there maybe an interview question that you've never been asked before or something that you would love for people to know about you or a side of your journey that people don't see or don't get to see that you want to share right now
1: um i'm usually pretty open and obviously i filter what i say but i also don't have a i have somewhat of a filter um Probably just that, you know, what I kind of shared with you about how, you know, I show up to work and I don't always, you know, there's been times where I've shown up and and maybe I chose to be in a good mood, but people had no idea that I was just going through a breakup or one of my friends had just been killed or something and I would you know, you do your show and then I would go to the bathroom and cry between songs. Like those are maybe some things I didn't always share with people, but mm-hmm. just the fact that maybe like that people that you see that are the happiest people on TV or your favorite radio host, or your favorite podcast host, like the, everyone, everyone, your teller at Scotiabank today, everyone is going through things behind the scenes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so maybe I didn't, like I would try to share some of those things, but maybe I didn't share enough. That sometimes I, I guess I'm a mess behind the scenes. <laughs> Despite how I tell you're, you're you are know, a human I'm, being. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a hu- I'm really a human being. And it's it's not all as everybody sees on social media, it's not all just like fun stuff and events and this and that. There are many a day where I would come home from work and spend the day on my couch, maybe not crying, but you know, in a funk and and mm-hmm. the depression hits me, the anxiety hits me just the same as everyone else, even though if maybe you've tuned into my show and I seem like this like happy, energetic person. I definitely am struggling behind the scenes. So not all the time, but mm-hmm. definitely, yeah. You no,
0: know, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Because I think anytime someone sees someone doing well online, obviously social media is where you put your highlight reels. And of I, course. I personally, my opinion, don't or wouldn't like to see people posting themselves crying online. Um yeah, see that's
1: not my favorite. I'm not gonna do that. No. Right, <laughs> but I know right. that is right now. That's <laughs> become a real thing. Not my thing, but
0: right, off, exactly. Right. It's, not, it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> um, so like I want people to understand that even if you see someone who is a public figure or a TV personality or influencer, actress, whatever, people are human first. Just because yeah. someone is sharing their highlight reel online doesn't mean they're not experiencing other things behind the scenes. Just because someone is sharing their accomplishments and highlight reels doesn't mean that they don't have failures and downfalls. Like there's balance in the world. And in order for us to even appreciate the good, you know, we experience the bad. I think for years, and this was, I guess, something I also had to learn is, you know, for years I would share you know, all of the accolades and successes that were happening in my life. And people were like, mm, like, don't you ever have a bad day? I'm like, bro, like every other day. What? I had to get more real and transparent, especially like in my stories, people will see if I'm if I'm going through a breakup, you're getting, you know, the ins and outs of my anxiety, my panic attacks, you know, all of those things, my feelings, everything, because I'm human. But what I love about this podcast is all of you women that people look at on social media, on social media and assume that your, your life is either unattainable or unreachable for them, they hear your stories and they're like, oh, wow, you're, you're human. You're just like me.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why I think more women just like speak to each other. Yeah, like come together, have these conversations. And you like will learn so much. And yeah. I, I and I think we are getting better at that. I think for so long, women were so put against each other. Yeah, Even myself coming into radio, it was like, there weren't as many women in radio. So if I came to a station, all the other females were worried I was coming for their job, or, you know what I mean? It's kind of get your back up and no, like work together. Like we're stronger together.
0: Absolutely. Together, we can do so much more. Right. Wow. Blake, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story with us, for your transparency, um, you know, for taking the time to just give us a glimpse of what you've had to experience. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you. And I am, like I said, like cheering for you because I want you to start your own podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm doing it and I'm saying it on your podcast. So now I'm accountable. I'm a podcast coming soon. (laughs) To all of our
0: listeners, go over to Blake's social media and make sure that we (laughs) hold her accountable. Hey, where's your podcast?
1: (laughs) Perfect. That's what I need. Thank you.
0: (laughs) We got you. We got you. (laughs) To all of you legacy leavers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms and don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear what resonated with you. Feel free to, you know, leave us a review and let us know what your aha moment was from this episode or what stuck out to you the most. Uh, If you can think of, you know, three women I'm challenging you right now that would receive value from hearing Blake's story, please share it with them directly. You know, feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag Blake at Blake's show and you can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.